Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. And God, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of just all over the place because it's such an incredible day of gratitude and praise for what you have done. And um, Jesus, we just give you the thanks for how over the last year you have been so faithful to uh, organize, lead, call, open doors, uh, bring peace, uh, coordinate circumstances beyond our abilities to call us here on October 3rd, on a Sunday, together to worship your name. And uh, God, we thank you. And right now, we just ask you that you today, this morning, would get the glory that our eyes and our hearts would be on you, Jesus, and that our faith would increase because of this church. And God, we want to just echo our, our campus prayer, our church prayer since day one, which is, God, would you do something so great and so good and so beautiful through us, through this church, for this city, that at the end of the day, only you, Jesus, would get the glory for it. It would be so big, and so beautiful that people would say only Jesus could pull that off because they couldn't. Only Jesus. That's our heart, Lord. And God, would you open our hearts to your scriptures? Would they be a light unto our path? And God, would you soften our hearts uh, for what you have for us in this church? We love you. Grateful for everybody here in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. I, uh, wow, this is so cool. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm just speechless. Honestly, this is the coolest moment. And so thank you for being here. Uh, already it's been a, a day of just celebration. And so thank you for joining us today on this journey. Um, and for the first time ever, I get to say welcome and everybody's new. So welcome anyone who's new. Everybody is new, uh, which is cool. Uh, my name is Aaron and I get to serve as the campus pastor here at Friends Church Eastvale. Have the honor of that. And uh, my, my beautiful wife, Krista, over here. I want to wave, Krista. Uh, and my kiddos, Colin and Julia. And uh, you have been prayed for for over a year. Uh, we have been praying for you uh, since during the middle of the global pandemic. We were praying for, for this day. And it, you being here is an answer to a lot of prayer. So thank you. And our campus prayer has been what I prayed a moment ago, which has been, God, would you do something so good, so great, so beautiful, through this community and this place, that at the end of the day, only Jesus would get the glory. That's been our heart. That's what we want. That's our hope and our prayer. And so um, thank you for being here today. I do want to acknowledge just the people who put a lot of hard work, all of our coordinators, all of our launch team people, and then Katie, our director of operations and spiritual formation, who was up here a moment ago. Can we give them a hand for all the effort they did today? Thank you. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah, they put in a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time. So our mission here at Friends Church uh, is this, that we want to become a community of authentic Christ followers compelled to change the world. Uh, that's our mission. But a lot of people have asked me, Aaron, why are you planting this church? Why is God calling you now at this time to start this church? What's God doing? And the very simple reason is this, that there is nothing more important. There's nothing more important in all of life than people to know Jesus and be transformed by his message. There is nothing more important in life. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have or title you have. The most important thing for a person to know and to discover is Jesus and to be transformed by his message. And um, on the screen is gonna become a little picture of a mouse here. 
which uh, is really cool. And that's why we want the kids still in here. I'll, I'll dismiss the kids in a moment because this is kind of fun for the kids. Um, so uh, this represents a beautiful picture. There's no, no lines outside of the, the boundaries of the, the mouse picture. Everything is tight and perfect. And for the longest time in my life, I thought that this is how uh, I had to be in order to be loved by God. Uh, let's go to the next slide. I thought that everything had to be perfect in my life for God to love me. I thought church was defined by rules, was, by, was building, was boring. And so for most of my church life, I actually ditched church. When I was growing up in Santa Barbara, my buddy and I would, would put stink bombs uh, in the youth group room and we would smash them and then we'd run out and everyone would run out and then we would uh, not go back in. And uh, I don't even know if my parents know that or not. So when they watch this, just so you know, mom, sorry. Um, and then we would go back at the very end and then lie to our parents that we were there the whole time. That's how I did church. Uh, and because I just didn't want to be there. And I thought that this is what Christianity was all about. But here's the reality of my life right here. Next slide. There we go. Right? <laughs> That's my son. He knows. He knows the truth. Um, yes. Uh, this is me on a good day. Right? With the wind behind me. Uh, you should see me on the 91 when it's a parking lot out there, right? Uh, and this is all of us. Like, it, it, you know, we stuff our hearts with things we do not need. We chase things we do not need. Um, uh, we say things and do things that we later regret, thinking that before we do them, they're going to actually benefit us in some way, and they don't. Uh, this, is, this is us. This is all of us. And the message of Christianity, really the message of Jesus, is this next slide, which is this is that we are loved, is that you are loved. And the reason why this is true is this next slide over here. There we go. Can't see it. Hopefully fixed. Is the, the cross behind it. Is Jesus' death on the cross and the resurrection. And we want to, I want to, invite you, wherever you're at in your walk with God, wherever you are, we want to invite you to explore why this message is the most important message that life could ever offer. We wanna invite you to explore that. And maybe you have questions about that, maybe you're not too sure exactly what this is all about. That is okay, we are all about authentic faith here at Friends Church, but we want you to explore that. And so as we continue as adults in God's word, I wanna right now actually dismiss our kiddos uh, to their kids' uh, lesson. And so kids, four to nine, you guys can go to Miss Heather. Miss Heather, can you wave for us? There we go. Let's give it up for the kids team as well. Yay, kids team. This is awesome. Yes. Parents were stoked. Um, and if you have your Bibles, parents, you can open them up to Galatians 6 if you're not already there. Um, if you need a Bible, by the way, if you need a Bible, um, our ushers, uh, we'll get one for you. You can just raise your hand. We'd love to give one to you. I think they're in the back here. Um, and the passage will be on the screen too, or you can look it up in your, uh, in your phone. But you can indulge me in that uh, we believe the Bible is true. We believe that it leads to life and godliness. And I would love uh, to see people with their physical Bibles. Number one, because there's a lot of confusion around this in our world today. And something about holding it and getting around it and navigating it takes away some of that confusion. And so we want to help people navigate scripture because we think it's 
the most important way to know God is through the truth of the Bible. So um, Galatians chapter six, Katie already read it, but I'll read verses one and two. And this morning, we are going to look at this idea of community. We're gonna talk a little bit about community. So um, actually, before I read the passage, let me uh, throw out to you a quote that I heard the other day from one of my faith heroes, uh, John Wimber. He, uh, he got saved at Friends in the 1970s. He said this, people come to church for all different kinds of reasons, but they stay because of friends. They stay because they make relationships with each other. They stay because there's an environment of love and care and they wanna be connected. That's one reason why people stay. Now, what I wanna unpack this morning is this truth about that we don't build community, or we don't find community, excuse me, we build community. We don't find community, we build community. Now, those two statements imply very different assumptions, don't they? And just for a moment, um, what do they imply that's different? Find versus build. Anyone want to throw that out there? You know, what's the difference between the, a finding community versus building community? Just a little, anyone who's an extrovert, just throw it out there. What's that? It takes work for what? To build. Active versus passive. Okay, I pay, I'll pay them later. That's good. What's that, David? Yeah, investing yourself. Good. Finding has this idea of I show up and there's ready-made relationships all ready to go. And building has this idea that I have to invest myself, active versus passive. I have to do something in my life to actually make relationships work. And I have found in my neighborhood relationships, in my uh, you know, friendships in my church relationships, that the best friendships are the ones where I actually am involved and I have to do something and I give myself and I listen and I have to show up to their most important days and I call them when it's not convenient for me. I have to invest myself and build into the relationship. And so this morning, we want to unpack that, uh, what it means to build community, not just find it. And one way that we build community is found in this passage. So once again, Galatians chapter one, uh, chapter six, one through two says this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourself, or you too may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul, who wrote this passage, names one a key area of how we build community and not just find it, and that is we bear each other's burdens. One of the ways that we build community is by bearing each other's burdens, not by just showing up, but by caring for each other actively. And the very first Christians in the early church were known for this quality. It says in Acts chapter 2, 42, it says this, um, that the early church gave to anyone as they had need. The early church was marked by caring for one another. And it was because of that, that people wanted to follow Jesus because of their love and their care for each other. And so there's two types of burdens we're to carry in this passage. Number one, we are to carry uh, the burden of sin for each other. Paul says, uh, again in verse one, uh, if anyone's caught in sin, those who are spirit-led should restore that person. Now, the first type of sin, again, is the burden of sin. Now, that seems pretty heavy, right? Like, Aaron, where are you going? Like, first service, what's this phrase all about, right? Um, the phrase caught in sin kind of conjures up ideas of, you know, being caught doing something bad by an authority figure. But that's not what Paul has in mind. 
He doesn't have in mind being caught by uh, God or a person, although that might be true. What he has in mind is that we are caught by sin. Literally, that sin catches us. And the picture is of a trap and a hunter's trap. The picture here in this passage is of an animal that sees a trap far away and says, oh, that looks good and enticing. And they go to the trap and then the trap catches them. And that's exactly what sin does in our life. It always does. Sin always looks enticing. Sin always looks better than it will actually deliver. It makes promises it can't keep. It offers a future that will never come true. And so what Paul is saying is, hey, brothers and sisters, whenever the community finds themselves being enticed by things that are not going to honor God, we who are led by the Spirit ought to help each other out, to take each other out of that that trap, if you will. So we're to bear each other's sins. Number two, Paul says in verse two, carry each other's burdens. Now this broad statement might seem kind of unclear and bland, but it comes in contrast to verse one. In verse one, he's talking about, you know, sins and things we do out of our own kind of choice and will. Uh, But in verse two, the burdens that he's talking about here deal with the everyday life burdens that we face because we live in a fallen world. Verse two burdens don't deal with any choice of our own. They deal with because we live in a broken world and bad stuff happens. These are the burdens of life we are to carry for each other. These deal with cancer, uh, infertility. They deal with unemployment. Uh, They deal with financial hardship or when kids are bullied at school. They deal with depression and anxiety and they deal with things that we feel like we have no control over. We are to care for each other in those burdens. We're to care for those burdens. We're to care for parenting burdens. We're to care for the things that go on in our life that are really hard. And some of us here today might be actually carrying some of those things right now. We might be carrying uh, things I mentioned or, or more. Or maybe we're under the burden of sin. But we are to care for one another. I have a a dear mentor of mine who um, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And he was a professor years ago, brilliant mind. And it's been so tragic to watch uh, his mind just fade away really quickly. And this is a guy who taught me how to read the Bible. I mean, he made a huge impact in my life. And there's a gentleman at our church who uh, has organized a care team uh, of 10 to 15 of us or so. And once a month, we go together for three to four hours, not all together, uh, but individually with him. And we go to coffee and we go on a walk and we go uh, you know, for a drive and we just spend time with this guy. And when we do, when I get a chance to be part of this, it changes stuff. It changes his family, but it actually changes my heart too. You see, when we bear the burdens for each other, when we care for each other, it has an impact, it changes us. Which is why it says in verse two, this passage, uh, Paul continues, that carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. When we bear each other's burdens, we literally fulfill the law of Christ for each other. Now, what was the law of Christ? It's love. Jesus' greatest command in the Bible was love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Christianity is supposed to be defined by, is love. 
Love is to define everything that we do here. And I know that hasn't been true of everybody's experience in a church, but it's what Jesus taught for us to be, is to love one another. And so when we bear each other's burdens, we literally show Christ's love to each other. He says that we fulfill it. The word fulfill here literally means complete. When we complete God's love, or when we bear burdens, we complete God's love for people in their mind. And it's been my experience, maybe yours too, that when someone's going through a hardship or a burden, they may wonder, is God here for me? Uh, is he answering my prayers? Maybe you've thought these before too. Does he see me? Um, is he gonna get me out of this? Is he gonna, why am I going through this, God? And, and over time, we can question, does God really love me? Is he faithful? But when we bear burdens, we literally complete the gap that can form between people's understanding of God's love and their experience of God's love. That's the potential that we get to live up to. I know a couple uh, at our church who uh, went through infertility and uh, they had a life group that came around them. And we're gonna have life groups in the next uh, you know, five months or so. But they, they, they remember what happened. This was such a painful season because while they couldn't have kids, all the other couples in their group were having babies. And they, they still talk about how one evening in their life group, this couple, um, all their life group friends came around them and wept and cried with them. And it was at that moment that this couple going through hardship said, we know God is in this. We know God is with us. We know he hears. It's because of the, the emotion, the empathy, and the tears from my friends that I know God's here with us. That's what we get to do is to bear each other's burdens in that way. Now, um, at first glance, you might be feeling very timid about this. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, I, I agree, Aaron. I agree that the church should be all about love. I agree that we should bear burdens and care for each other. But dude, you don't know my life. Like, you don't know my boss, okay, right? Uh, you don't know my kids and what's at home. Uh, how do I actually, you know, uh, care for each other and, uh, you know, care for my own life, meet my own needs? How do I balance all this out? You know, and if you're feeling that way, I'm glad you are because um, the Bible actually addresses that very issue. This is actually at the heart of what Paul's thinking and he, he's feeling the tension for us. So in verse five, after he kind of does a little divergent Paul thing where he kind of goes off track for a moment, he comes back to the argument in verse five, he says, for each one should carry their own load. For each one should carry their own load. What does Paul mean here? So in verse two, he talks about we should bear the burdens of others. In verse uh, five, he says we should uh, carry our own load. Anyone feeling like, is that confusing? Like, what are you talking about, Paul? Like, do you want me to care for myself or care for others? Is he being confusing? No, what he means is he wants both. He wants both. In verse two, the Greek word for burden uh, means a, a problem that happens that we have to carry for a short season an overwhelming problem that happens for a short season. Uh, the load in verse five is about uh, uh, a responsibility that you go through that you have to carry your entire life. So an example of a load would be like your job. Like, I can't do your job for you, you know? Uh, you may not like your job, I could encourage you in your job, but you gotta, you gotta go sit down on Monday morning and do your spreadsheets, right? Like, uh, uh, you know? You gotta make the sales call, uh, you know? You gotta go teach the kids you don't wanna teach, you know? Whatever your job is, 
maybe you don't, but that's your job, right? But equally, you can't, you know, do my responsibilities of raising my kids. You can't help me help my son put away his Legos on a Wednesday night uh, before bed, right? That's my job, you know? Uh, you know, we all have responsibilities. And, uh, and so each of us is to care for our own load, but bear the burdens of others. The biblical principle is this. We bear each other's burdens for a season as we carry our own loads for a lifetime, okay? So I got, a, I got an illustration. I'm, it's gonna get crackly because of the feedback. There we go, sorry. Uh, that's our one issue today. It's a little bit of sound stuff. But um, a few months ago, uh, actually years ago, I went backpacking to Mount Whitney. Anybody ever been to Mount Whitney before? Anyone hiked this before? I know Jay has. He used my backpack. <laughs> Jay's my body double. Uh, we, we, we exchange sweaters and all this stuff, you know. So we went hiking uh, at Mount Whitney, and I, I didn't choose the right hiking partner. It wasn't Jay, um, all right? And uh, when, I, when I was going, I, I chose a friend of mine who uh, did his PhD in psychology, and he, he had to put on a few PhD pounds, you know what I mean? And he wanted to uh, lose the weight. He got in to be a military psychologist, and so he wanted to shed the weight before basic boot camp, but he didn't train. So he just shows up on the day of the hike, and I got my bag. He has this giant, this giant backpack, okay? I'm like, okay. And I, I knew we were in trouble right away, because in the first 20 minutes, he was like, oh, oh, so I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a long day. I'm like, okay, bro, let's sit down, take care, put your bag down. He takes it off, right? I'm like, what do you got in this thing, dude? So I start going through it, okay? And I'm like, what's going on in here? And I, I literally, I kid you not, I pull this out. A scented candle. What are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? We, we don't need the scented candle at 14,000 feet. Like, we're not doing like kumbaya, bro. We're going to the mountaintop. I'm like, why did you bring the candle? He goes, to keep the mosquitoes away. I said, bro, there's no mosquitoes at 14,000 feet, man. You just, it's all dead. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm like, okay, man, what else you got here? So I start going through his bag, okay? I, this, this, is a, this is a true story, okay? You're like, how did this guy get his PhD? Um, I pull out two pairs of track shoes. Like, what are we? We're not doing 100 meter sprints at 13,000 feet. Like, we're not training for the Olympics, bro. So I got, I got candles and track shoes, okay? I'm like, we need to put this away. And this is like a metaphor for the burdens of life and the burdens of sin. Because some of us in here are carrying burdens and we need other people to say, the church, one another, to say, hey, you don't need that. Like you, you don't need to chase that job at the expense of your family. You don't need to chase what I like to call the IED, Imperial Empire Disease. Everyone's like, I gotta get all this stuff, you know? Like, no, we don't need it, you know? Like we just get to put all that down. We don't need that. We just get, that's not gonna help in the journey with Jesus, you know? And that's, that's a picture, it's a metaphor of what Paul is talking about. So we keep hiking. And we get about two miles from the campsite and I was just done, okay? And he, my brother, yeah, he's doing this, you know? So I, I was in pretty good shape at the time. So I look, I look at him and say, hey man, give me your bag. 
Not because I loved him, but I just wanted to get to the campsite. <laughs> and honestly, so I, I put it on the front of me, okay? And I saw hiking up the mountain with both my bag and his bag, okay? And I'm bearing his burden as I'm carrying my own load. Y'all got this? Okay? I'm up here. I'm going to, so this is what we're going to do together. We're going to, we're going to go through cancer together. We're going to go through problems together. We're going to go through hardships and kids going through depression and being bullied. Together. We're going to do this together. We're going to do life. This is what the church is about. Amen? Right? So, and got to the campsite. I said to him, man, you're carrying that down the mountain tomorrow, okay? <laughs> you know? All right? This is what Paul has in mind. So three, three ways that you can build community here. We build community caring for each other. But three simple ways. Number one is um, for us to uh, know each other's names. It all starts with names. Just remember one name every time you come. Number two, uh, talk to people who you don't know for five minutes uh, each time you come. Just be like very obvious. Like I'm just trying to do what Aaron said. Who are you? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you live? Like just, that's fine. Just put it on me. That's cool. And number three, go to eat, go to, go to dinner, go, go get lunch afterwards, burgers and football, you know, go get food, eat together. The biblical word for hospitality literally means treating strangers like they're friends. We want to be a culture of hospitality. When we say to each other, hey, I don't know you, but let's go eat together. That's what Jesus did, right? So um, I want to now share with you guys just the burden that I'm carrying. And that's the burden of uh, planting and being part of planting this church. So I want to tell you a little bit about the story. Uh, Matthew Cork, our lead pastor at Friends Church, said to my wife and I in 2020, hey, you should go to Riverside and you should uh, pray about planting a church out there. And I was like, no, no, man, I don't know if I want to or not. Like, just be honest with you guys. I was like, I'm from Santa Barbara originally, went to San Diego in college. I was like, I was thinking Friends Church Huntington Beach had a nice sound. I was like, I was like surf ministry, bro. Like that sounds sick, you know? But so we went out to uh, this little town we've never heard of called Eastvale. And we sat down at a coffee shop and it was like God's peace just went whoosh, right on us. We're like, whoa, we got to figure this out. So uh, I start coming out here during the pandemic and I was like zombie pastor walking around Eastvale like, God, are you here? You know, oh, what are you doing in this area? You know, I was like praying for direction. And I landed at this coffee shop called East Brew, which is down here, uh, owned by Letty. If you know Letty, she's become a friend of ours. We love her, go support her. Um, and I met this guy named EJ. And EJ and I started chatting, and I said to him, hey man, I'm a pastor from the area. Um, I don't know anybody. Can I just buy you coffee? I'm trying to figure out how to do ministry here. Can I get to know a local? And he's like, sure. So the next week we meet up, and I buy him coffee, and, uh, and I just get to know him. And then week two, we meet up again, and I tell him my story. I tell him kind of who I am, and how I came to Christ at age 20 as an athlete, and God called me out of that, um, and, uh, and God changed my life. And then we meet up th week three, and he sits down, he says, Aaron, I like you. I just want you to know I'm really busy, and I don't normally meet people this often. I'm like, thanks, bro. Thanks for the love. Appreciate that. Uh, I'll ask you to go hiking next time I go hiking, okay? No. Um, and he goes, but for the last year of my life, 
I've been praying, God, would you help me figure you out? God, would you help me figure you out? And he said, and then I met you out of nowhere, and I think maybe this is all part of that prayer. And so I said to him, EJ, have you ever, um, has anyone ever explained to, you how, explained to you how to know God? And he said, no, I don't know anything. I'm brand new. And I said, well, let's open the Bible up. So for the next hour, we got a chance to open up the scriptures, and I got a chance to explain to him how to know Jesus. And afterwards, I said, hey, man, are you ready? Are you ready to say yes to Christ? And he said, I am. I'm ready right now. So right there at East Brew, outside, he prays to receive Christ. And I'll never forget his, um, his prayer. He said, Jesus, I welcome you into my life because you have welcomed me into yours. He couldn't have written that any better. So I'm like, you know, crying, you know, ugly crying, you know. And I get in my car and I'm driving back home and I just start talking to God. I say, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? And, and the only way that I can tell you God spoke to me in a whisper to my heart. And he said, Aaron, there are thousands more people praying that same prayer. God, would you help me figure you out in this area? And I knew that if that was God, that my wife and I would fully commit to whatever that looked like because we want God to be in it and be here and be behind what God's up to. And over the next several months, the Lord confirmed circumstances and he opened up doors and he gave us peace and he uh, led us into conversations we never initiated and never thought of, some of it in this room right here. And we believe that there are more EJs out there. We believe that this church is going to be part of helping find new EJs who are praying that prayer or a version of it. God, would you help me figure you out? God, would you help me figure out my marriage? God, would you help me figure out how to parent my kids? God, I don't know what my life is like in my midlife. I can't figure this out. Where are you? And we think this church is going to be part of a kingdom thing to do that. And some of you in here right now might be praying that same prayer. Some of us in this room right now might be even praying that original prayer of, God, who are you? Help me figure you out. And we want to invite you into, I want to invite you into the life of this church. There are four ways really to get involved here. Uh, the first way is to pray. Because what we want for you is to hear the whisper of God in your life too. There are a lot of great churches around here. That was part of the whole thing with whether or not we should be coming out here. I know some of the pastors at some of the churches, but we want God to speak to you about where you should worship and if that's this place or not. Number two, join us once a month for our services until we begin weekly services. Number three, uh, join one of our Sunday serve teams. So you can see that it takes a lot to put on a church service and we would love for you to contribute and to bring your gifts and your passions to this place to make it all that God wants it to be. Because we have high hopes for this thing. We get to do this one time, right? One time, we get to plant a church. And this is a kingdom thing. But the fourth thing we want most is we want you to know Jesus. That's the most important thing. And um, if you've never welcomed Christ into your life, like EJ, if he is whispering to you, not EJ, but Jesus, 
uh, about, hey, come follow me. We want to lead you in a moment of response to say yes to Christ this morning. Now, I realize that some of you in this room today might actually not be ready for that decision, and that's okay. We want to invite you back to learn more. Everyone's at a different journey, and we want authentic faith, not contrived faith, not forced faith, authentic faith. We don't want religious decisions that don't mean anything. We're done with that. We want real followers of Jesus. You say, I believe in you, I want you. And if that's you today, we would love to welcome you to Christ for the first time. You know, it's just a very simple prayer. It's a thank you and a please. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. I believe in you. I believe that you died, that you rose, that you're the son of God, and that I need you to forgive me. It's a simple message that kids can understand, but it's one that every adult needs to come to terms with as well. And then I want to also invite you, if you're carrying a burden, one of those heavy ones like my buddy, to receive prayer. It would be wrong for us just to welcome people to, to Christ and not pray for those of us who are actually under a burden. We want to give you a gift. And that gift is God's whisper. Because when we, you're burdened and you're overwhelmed with something, the best thing you can receive is the knowledge that God is in this with me. And so we want to invite you if you're going through something. I know it seems kind of odd, but our prayer team is in the back. Uh, and it, there's no shame here. Like a thousand times I failed, right, is what the song says. That's me. And we want to invite you just to go back and receive prayer if you're facing illness, a parenting situation, if you're going through something that you should not be going through alone. We want to pray for you and then find out ways that we can care for you practically. Amen? Let's be a church that builds community. Let's be a church that cares and loves for each other so that people around here go, man, they love God because I can see it in how they love one another. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? God, thank you for this incredible morning.